0: Well, I hope you love the podcast every day, sponsored by Jen Thank you, Jen But I think you're going to really especially like today's podcast. Jonathan Isaac is a forward for the Orlando Magic. What else makes him unique? He was the only NBA player to stand during the anthem and not wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. He's black, in case you didn't know yet. We're going to talk to him.
1: Now, it's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya podcast.
0: I couldn't help but notice Jonathan Isaac. You you may have noticed him, but not known his name. He's a forward for the Orlando Magic in the NBA. He stood during the national anthem when all his other teammates knelt wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. He did not. He'll explain to us why that decision and what his next venture is. He's had a remarkable. Life dealing with injuries, sudden moves in his childhood, uh, parents divorcing, all kinds of things, getting drafted in the NBA, finding his faith. It's he's a remarkable young man, and I can't wait to talk to him. But first, ladies, take a look in the mirror. You see the dark spots? I know I've got them, they're not going to go away on their own. So, introducing Dark Spot Corrector from Genucell right in time for the The end of summer here, the dark spot corrector with not one but three cutting-edge ingredients goes to work fast to target sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, and even old discoloration, both on your face and your hands. And you're going to be amazed at how quickly this stuff works. You can now enjoy your summer sun, beach, and barbecues without the embarrassing spots. With GenuCell, you'll see the results or your money back, no questions asked. So go to Genusel.com right now, get your dark spot corrector with the new Genucel most popular package now featuring summer essentials like the best-selling ultra-retinol moisturizer with a powerful retinol alternative for safe use in the summer sun. Visit GenuCell.com slash Michelle, remember it's Michelle with one L, right now for these amazing summer essentials and save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package. Do not wait. Order GenuCell's most popular package now, free shipping, free returns, and the best luxury skincare you've ever used, all at 70% off. GenuCell, dot com slash Michelle, com slash Michelle. All orders will include a mystery luxury gift, while supplies last. com slash Michelle. Our next guest is Remarkable. We try to make sure every guest is remarkable. This young man is no exception, but he is and has been an exception in a league where they nearly demanded you to take a knee during the anthem back in 2020. Why did he refuse? We'll talk to him next Jonathan, welcome. It is really an honor and a privilege to have you here. I know that you are getting pulled in a zillion directions. And I think it's really what what people are so intrigued in with you is your courage and your conviction and this this commitment to taking a stand, no pun intended, uh, in a time where it was really not very popular to do what you did. And um, so we'll start there, and I know you've got a big introduction as well to a a new venture that you're into, and we will get to that because I'm excited about that as well. But let's just go back to you get drafted in 2017. Some injury issues come up. 2020, you guys moved into the bubble. The NFL, we didn't have fans in the stands in the NFL either. And the George Floyd thing happens here where I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And BLM, Black Lives Matter, becomes this massive, it becomes a rallying cry, but also there's this organization. So there are kind of two parts to BLM. Right. How did you at that time view those two kind of separate BLM mantras, if you will?
1: Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, When it comes to the two, uh, obviously the first one is the movement per se. Right. The, the saying Black Lives Matter, which was, you know, widely accepted. You know, I accepted it. Of course, Black Lives Matter. I'm black myself. Um, so it was easy for me to get along with that. Um, but for me, the more that I got around the movement and had conversations with people that were a part of it was the more that I kind of, you know, slightly distanced myself from it because of the tone and the rhetoric of what people were saying. Um, from my eyes looking in, it wasn't just about uh creating change, it was about some kind of, you know, revolution in a sense. Um, And when it came from the organization standpoint, uh, you know, just learning about the organization, learning about what they stand for, the things that, you know, even that they had on the website, stuff like that, it was apparent to me that, you know, this may not be an organization that I want to align myself with or support um, just because of what they believe. And and I I didn't believe early on that true change was going to come through an organization, a party, a movement, you know, something like that. I I knew for myself um, in my own life that it was the gospel that could truly change the hearts of men and heal the divide between white and black individuals.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, you said in 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 some interviews that I've seen that you knew that because God had changed you, and this story is is crazy to me. Um, and I, the the guy on the elevator is what I want to get to here. So you your draft, you know, you were raised in the church, right? You went to church as a kid, yeah, yeah. So you had a certain uh, relationship with with faith. But you're, you get drafted by the Orlando Magic. You were living, you were being raised in Florida at that time, went to Florida State, played there for a year. And, and tell me about this elevator ride that sort of started this relationship with this new pastor.
1: Yeah, so I, I grew up in church. Um, but for me, it was just about, it was just tradition. I didn't really understand it. Um, my dad had us in church like every single day. We were memorizing scriptures, quoting scriptures all the time. Um, But it was just something that I understood that this was something that you did. You know, we went to church, we prayed together, we did all this stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't anything about a real in-depth relationship like Jesus Christ was leading my life or um, it was something that was really deep. It was really surface for me. Um, I got through high school, I got through college, all of that stuff. Um, And I had my own internal struggles and I I talk about it extensively in my book. where I struggle with anxiety, self insecurity, all these different things, working for love through basketball to gain attention and the respect and love of my peers. But it wasn't until I get drafted, um, and I'm living the life that I, that I want to live. You know, I'm not really concerned about Christ at all. I kind of have them tucked in my back pocket. If somebody asked me about faith, I tell them that I was a Christian. Um, but it wasn't something that I really held dear to me, uh, especially at that time of getting drafted. I was, I was living life. Um, mm-hmm. but I get stopped on an elevator, um, a few weeks into moving into my apartment building, coming to Orlando and a gentleman says to me, I can tell you how to be great. And I said, okay, tell me how to be great. And he said, you have to know Jesus. I said, man, I know Jesus. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a Christian. You don't have to tell me that. Um, but that was the moment that kind of sparked where I am today. Um, that moment reached back into my early years. It reached back into things that happened, you know, at Florida State with faith. And it is that relationship that started with that one question, um, you know, led me to who my pastor is today. And uh, it's a long story to get all, into it all now. But, um, uh,
0: it, it's crazy, though. So this was an elevator in your apartment building. Did this did this guy, when he got in the elevator with you, did he know who you were and that you were, you know, this rising star in the NBA? Did he know who he was talking to?
1: No, he had no idea. He thought I was an overseas basketball player um, just because okay. of my but he had no idea that I was the newly draft picked to, to the Orlando Magic. Um, and from his standpoint, it was just like everybody, no matter what you're doing in life, um, if you are not connected in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're not um, who you were created to be. And from his perspective, greatness is found in Christ. And so when he told me that, for me, it went right over my head. Like, oh, yeah, I, I know Christ. I'm already great. You can't tell me how to be great. But, uh, <laughs> I understand it completely today uh, that true greatness is found in Christ and the greatness that's found in the world is arbitrary and it's metrics based and it's stats and accolades. um, But true greatness is found in eternity.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting. So this guy on the yellow I come back to it because he ended up being the, your pastor, right?
1: Yes. So I, so I'll, I'll explain a little more. So um, it really, (laughs) it's, it's an amazing story. So uh, we, we, I keep seeing him all the time. So after uh, that elevator moment with him, I keep seeing him, and he's like, "You know, we should go to lunch." And I'm like, "Man, I do not want to go to lunch with you." I'm saying that in my head. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) He keeps. We keep running into each other, and finally, I say, "Look, if I see you one more time, I will go to lunch with you." And uh, long behold, I see him, and I'm like, "Okay, let's go." We go to lunch. Um, It's fine. Like you know, he's he's a good dude. I get to talk to him a little bit. We talk about God a little bit but I kind of just brush it off. And after I leave, I'm like, okay, I don't ever have to talk to this guy again. And I didn't, I didn't really see him much after that, but it was so interesting to me because around this time it felt like everything was being orchestrated. You know, the Bible tells us that God, you know, the the God orders our footsteps um, and that no man can come unless he be drawn. And so the spirit of God is working to draw people to himself. And so uh, at this time I went to the movies with an old trainer of mine that would always try to push Christ on me, he would want to do Bible studies with me, and I always tell him, "No, I just want you to be my trainer." But he came up to Orlando to see me. He trained me in high school, and uh, uh, we go to see a Christian movie, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so we leave. We go. We go watch Thor, um, and but I'm, <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the movie theater for like four hours because we, we movie hopped, and so yeah. uh, that's important. So we we leave the movie theater, and he's asking me. You know where are you at with god where are you at with faith and i told him you know i'm searching um i had went to a chapel previously a little bit before this and the chaplain said the verse luke 6:46, and it says why do you call me lord lord and not do what i say and that verse kind of really struck a chord with me because i knew that i wasn't living probably the way that i was supposed to be living but at the same time i would name the name of christ if somebody asked me and so i started to go on my little journey of like okay i want to see if this thing is really real and so i told him you know what i'm reading I'm looking into some Christian apologetics, but, you know, I'm still really not there. And he said to me, if you continue to seek, you're going to find, you know, that verse, if you continue to knock the door, is going to be open to you. And so that night I'm leaving out of the movie theaters and I'm turning down this street and there's a car that's turning down the street as well. And our cars kind of meet catty corner and I look and it's the guy from the elevator. (laughs) And so I roll down my window and I'm like, you, me, we're going to breakfast tomorrow morning. Speed up the story a little bit. Um, we go to breakfast and I'm telling him about this idea that I have to feed the homeless. Uh, I'm going to pass out a bunch of burgers. He tells me, you cannot do that. If you're going to feed people, you have to feed people. Right. And so he says, look, I have a catering company. If you buy the food, I'll have my people cook it and we'll do it the right way. I'm following him, to Sam's club and saying to myself, what are you doing? You have no <laughs> idea who that guy is. You're going to feed his family for a year. <laughs> with this food." And so I go to Sam's club with him. I buy him the food. Um, and some people come and grab it, and I don't see them anymore. And then a few days later, I get a text message with an address. Pull up to the address. There's a line with like 200 homeless people. Um, I hop in line, I put my hand on. There's a beautiful young lady standing next to me uh, who's serving food as well, who's actually my wife today.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: First time. And so uh, afterwards, I was injured at the time as well. I had hurt my ankle. So he asked me if he could pray over my ankle. And so we go inside this place that kind of looks like a church, but I'm actually not putting two and two together. He prays. And I just remember going home that night, like, God, like you see me, like, like something is, this is not all by coincidence. And that was the thing that really struck a chord with me because I was so used to working for love through basketball and trying to use basketball as a way to gain attention and, and kind of fill that void of not feeling real love. And so it felt like God loved me. And so for that moment, I remember getting on the side of my bed for the first time in Orlando and like getting on my knees and saying the the prayer that I remembered in youth group, you know, Jesus coming to my heart. Uh, and then I started to just hang out with the guy more and more. And finally, uh, he said, you should come to church with me. And I'm like, you know what, man, if you're cool, your pastor has to be cool. I'll go. And so I go to the church. They they introduce the pastor, and he comes out on stage and he starts to preach. And I'm like, "What in the world it's is him. going on?" It's
0: elevator guy. Unbelievable. But I'm, well, I'm so glad
1: the- he didn't tell me. I'm so glad he didn't tell me he was a pastor because I would have I would have written it off in two seconds. I would. have Oh, been that's like,
0: interesting. Uh, he I wonder if he knew that somehow. You know, yeah, he
1: it- he knew that. He he said, you know, part of the he doesn't like to kind of announce immediately that he's a pastor. And even with me minister today, I don't like to do that either. I like to just, you know, meet people where they're at and and get to know them for them. Cause you know, people put their guards up pretty quick and I would have done the
0: same. And that you met your wife there is crazy to me. Uh, You know, like, oh, oh, see, I didn't know this. Congratulations. The best thing you'll ever do with your life is that, you know, is your children, your child. Oh, that's so, uh, do you mind sharing her name? Naomi. Naomi. I mean, this is, this is crazy. Um, and, and and like we've talked about, I mean, you, you mentioned some injuries, you missed like two seasons, didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, struggling. I had, I had the, uh, you know, the ACL injury in the bubble yep. um, and just going through that rehab process, just the monotonous of it and day to day. And, you know, the fans are like, when are you going to get back? I, I want to get back as fast as possible. Um, and then I had a couple injury bugs along the way uh, during my rehab process. And then I finally got the touchback on the court and then I had a little uh this last injury here. But I'm, I'm fully healthy now and excited for this upcoming season.
0: And I know that the team is excited about you and it's, I wonder what the nerve level is right now, because you, you know, it's interesting though, that you've gone from this place of a guy who was, as you said, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, I hope I don't wreck your words here, but you were searching through love, searching for love through basketball. Now you've found this other higher love. I got to tell you something, you know, covering sports for 30 years, as I did, some of the happiest most successful athletes that i met along the way were those who had relationships with with christ and i'm not i'm not necessarily there yet i'm on my own little journey jonathan and but i, I that's one of the reasons i decided to think about this more is because i see so much happiness so much hope so much um stability and success from these players who seem to be, you know, um, some of them call it an audience of one, you know, playing for for, it's so I'm getting the sense this isn't a coincidence, is it? I mean, there's a there's a reality to this groundedness you're feeling.
1: Yeah, not not at all. A a 100% uh, reality. It's like it's a it's a foundation. Um, You know, when you look at life and you see life for what it is, life is fickle, life ends for people. Every day and and the next day could be your last. But what Christ promises in faith in him is a future and a hope and a peace um, that all things work together for the good to them that love him. And I have the more that I have tried my best to put him first in my life, the better it has gotten, not in terms of circumstances, but the way that I've been able to weather the storms of my life um, and just see the good around me and that he's blessed me throughout it. Um, And I've come out on the other side of more. I would say wise and strong um, person. And it's, it's, it's made me better in every way.
0: I want to go back to the, to the standing for the anthem for a minute, because it, it, the photograph that everyone knows now, that's where you are the only guy on your team that is standing and you're not wearing the BLM t-shirt and, and I, the, um, the bravery that that required, I, I can only imagine. So in, now it's been a while that was 2020 here we are talking in 2023 how are your teammates yeah not
1: not to cut you off but I even have to say you know you know you said it but people really don't understand how how difficult um or really just how tense that moment was like I had you know I had had that team meeting with my teammates beforehand so they knew what I was going to do um I remember being on the phone with my pastor the night before and I'm telling him hey look um I haven't signed my contract yet. Um, I don't think you understand how crazy this is going to be. I know I'm going to be name called. I know I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Uh, this is going to be wild. It's going to be everywhere. And he he said to me, you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And that was kind of that like mic drop moment that like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through with it. But it was it was extremely tense. Everyone, um, not 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 just from the standpoint of people wanting to do this, but people felt the pressure. People felt the pressure of. This is something that we have to do. And that was one of the things that made it um, you know, hard for me to get on board with because it went from like a symbol to a command uh, that this is what you had to do in order to be down with black people, to be down with the movement. Um, and I just felt like I had a different solution, like, you know, you know, freedom in a sense, you know, you guys are free to do what you want to do and make the decision to kneel or do what you want to do. But I, I want that same respect in return because I have a different solution and that's OK.
0: And so that's all. And and how would you describe the res- what you did get in return from your teammates from fans from other players how, what what kind of respect did you receive?
1: Well, t- teammates was tough um because uh I you know I I understood the I would say just again how how crazy the moment was. You know, I had several teammates who were very very involved in the movement, you know, mm-hmm. going to protest, you know, the whole nine. And so um you know a lot of them were upset and we had a we had a team meeting afterwards um and you know we we kind of we kind of went at it and you know they had their things to say i had my things to say and uh there was conversation of you know i'm not going to go out there anymore because i don't want to be next to you standing and stuff like that uh but my position was look i i respected your decision um to kneel, and i just asked for that same respect in return and but it was it was difficult it was a really difficult time um to kind of work through and then getting injured and having to leave the bubble. But I will say, as time has passed, a lot of those conversations that I had with the guys in that room um, has changed to, you know, a, a better standing today. Um, I had a conversation with a teammate that asked me, "Would knowing what you know now, would you take the same stance that you did? And I said, man, 100 percent, I would do the same thing. And then I asked him the same question. And he said, you know, I would have handled it differently. You know, as tensions have kind of died down, I, I could see that I was very emotionally invested um and everything that was going on. and now, as you know things about black lives matter has come out about the way that they've yeah. handled their camp, um you know he was like, I, I would have did things differently, and I would have approached the situation differently. And so
0: yeah, so things have evolved. i i can I can only imagine um, I, I mean, you know, I, And you're right. It did turn from a suggestion, hey, join us, to a command. And a lot of people felt a great deal of pressure, whether you were black, whether you were white. For for black people, I'm sure it was far more pressure. But certainly everyone felt this pressure to take on this, to, to stand with this movement. And it did become... Uh, sort of commandment, but your, your take on all of this is interesting because it's, it, it has to do not only with faith, but with the country, um, with, it seems to me, you, you don't hate the United States, do you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, not at all. I mean, it, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be here and to be able to do what I do for a living with, you know, just play basketball. Um, it's, you know, for, for me, it's, it's hard to, you know, with knowing who where we are now and the progress that we've made, um, it's hard to look back and judge, um, you know, the people that have come before us that have helped create change and make change. And even some of the people that have done, you know, the wrong, um, even though what they what they did was wrong. It was a different time, it was a different period. And we've progressed um, to where we are today. And so for me, my, my pastor says it like this all the time when it comes to who we are as individuals. He says we haven't done everything right, but we haven't done everything wrong either. And for me, that's, that, that is that that is the perspective that I take when it comes to America. Absolutely not. Has America, has she done everything right? But she hasn't done everything wrong either. The fact that we are where we are today is because of the principles that this country was founded on. And we've done a better job of living up to them. But if they weren't there in the first place, we would have never gotten to where we are today. And so that's where I'm at. Um, I try my best to kind of, you know, lead that. And, and that, that'll be the, the message that I instill to, to my daughter and my future kids, um, that we're blessed to be a part of this nation and we can be a part of making it better. Um, but it's not terrible.
0: You just gave me goosebumps, man. That doesn't happen very often. So I, I, I love that. And so you've got this line of, of apparel coming out and this is really cool because I I try to support companies that share my values, right? And I think that's not too much to ask, but there are a lot of companies that I'm discovering, they really don't share my values. So I steer away, but you are starting, you're going to, I mean, it's been underway. You've been designing and working and preparing, but on August 1st, as we air this, you are dropping this line. What is the name of the line and what's the idea behind it?
1: So the name of the line is Unitas. And even more than just the line for me, from the beginning, it was all about creating and building this community. Um, you set a point about wanting to support companies that share your values. For me, there was a time where it didn't matter what a company believed per se, you know, the higher ups in the company or the people that work for the company, they just wanted to deliver great product. And that was it. And I think that was a better time, um, but we have gotten to a place where it does matter um, what it is that the people who you are giving your money to what they believe because they can be actively working towards you know destroying the fabric of society, pushing agendas um that go against you and your beliefs, your children um and that has become more and more apparent today and so a part of what went into this was saying, I believe that we are going to get to a point where you won't be able to buy this or go here or do this if you don't believe these set of things um and if there are not alternatives to the things that are, you know, in the marketplace, then the only answer is going to be to conform. And so this idea of Unitas is to say, I believe that there are values that deserve to be celebrated in the marketplace and in the culture. And in today's day, these set of values are not being celebrated, primarily foundational family values, faith, family, freedom, the values and ideals that uh, were the foundation of this country, um, Christ, uh, family, all these different things. um, I believe we're moving in a direction that goes farther and farther against these foundational values. And I believe these values are great. Um, These are my values and I want to see them celebrated in the marketplace and culture. And I believe there are a swell of other people who want the same. And so if I can deliver a high quality leisure wear, sportswear, I can take up this, this, this kind of mantle and say, I'm going to create an alternative for people to buy with their hearts and their values. And they don't have to give their money to a company that, that hates them or doesn't want their values to be celebrated. And so that's what United is. And so August 1st, we're going to be starting with a line of leisure wear, you know, sweaters, uh, I think some hats, uh, sweatpants, T-shirts. And as we move more into the fall, we're going to get into the designated sportswear for men and women, youth as well. And my hope is to just kind of continue to grow it and be able to sign athletes from different sports. I'm going to be the first signed athlete to the company. And so (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll be wearing my own sneaker um, coming up this season. Uh, Oh, That's awesome. A year and a half now. And the hope is to be able to sign other value aligned athletes and influencers and and just and build this community. And and it's not about hating anybody. It's not about going against anybody. It's about saying we have the freedom in America to create what we want to create and celebrate what we want to celebrate. And so, you know, we're not about going against you, but we believe that these values deserve to be celebrated. And so we are going to celebrate them.
0: Well, as you've said, you're entitled to your values, I'm entitled to mine. And it, it, that's what I think so many people are afraid to say. So your leadership and your courage in doing this is remarkable. And I just, I just love it. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of athletes out there in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, in the NBA who do share your values. So I don't think you're gonna have too many problems finding those. It's Unitas, um U-N-I-T-U-S. And I am so excited about it. And your book, why I stand available in English and Spanish on amazon I, I would I think this book should be like a gift that you give your kid going off to college or you sure. know your kids starting to see i do I think it's good. so important kids need to understand courage and that that they are they have their own agency in this world you know that they don't have to be pressured into doing what other people want them to do I, I, Are you now at a place? Where you do feel like, are you, I've had my own mental health issues. So I understand, um, you don't necessarily really ever get over them completely because they're kind of wired in your DNA, but have you found some, some peace in that regard in, in terms of, you know, not needing love through basketball?
1: A hundred percent. I've, I've, I've learned how to fight. Um, and so we, we're not always, uh, responsible for the things that happened to us when it comes to you know our childhood and the things that yeah. people did, said that affect us in certain ways, anxiety, stress, uh, just the way we, we, we grew up and how that is affecting us as an adult. But I've learned through Christ, through his word, through community, through um, keeping people around me that encourage me, that see me for who I am. Um, and it also challenged me. I've learned to fight, to speak back to the lies that I believe come from the enemy. Um, That you're not this and you are that. And to be able to speak back and say, no, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, like it says in the word of God. Those things have helped me to to find my identity in him and not in basketball. And it's a continued fight. But what I think is what I would say was the best thing about the book um, was not the standing or was not this kind of moment of, you know, finding this courage. It was the journey because I am the unlikely person. You know, when I when I talk to young adults and and kids and even adults about what it means and why I stand, it's the fact that I was the kid who struggled with anxiety, was on anxiety medication to play basketball in college. Um, he was the one who was able to stand up by himself through the power of Christ. It speaks to me to the reality of the transformation power of Jesus Christ that you can, that he can take someone who was struggling with anxiety and teach them how to fight it and teach them how to stand up and be courageous. And so that's the thing that I think is, is, is most, and again, speaking to the people that I have in my life. Like when I, you know, when I talk about the fact that I called my pastor that night before, uh, I still was because I needed him. I needed his encouragement. Um, and just to, you know, plug him, you know, Dr. Duran Hepburn of Jump Ministries Global Church. It's my man. Like I, I, I needed him in that moment to encourage me and, That's what I'm talking about when I say community, having the right people around you. Um, My wife was my fiance at the time, but I called her right after calling him. And she told me that she was standing with me, even though she wasn't there. And so,
0: you know, I know that your parents split when you were about 10 years old. You moved from New York to to Florida. They must collectively and individually be so proud of you. I I just I I wonder what they say to you now as you've grown into this remarkable young man what what what's your you know what, what do you talk to them about
1: uh i mean they 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 just they want to see me um just kind of walk into who God has created me to be um and that's the thing that my my dad still instills in me to this day and my mom she's just like she's my biggest cheerleader and so um mm-hmm. she wants me to go on and just do and and uh find out who I can be and what I can do in this world and and Sometimes I'm, I'm reluctant to it. You know, I'm like, I don't know if I can, you know, take on all of this. Um, but I believe that God is with me and I'm just going to continue to take one step at a time. And, you know, at one day at a
0: time, I think you got this man. I think you got more than this. I am so impressed with you. I'm so thrilled that you made time for us because I I just think what you've done. I mean, I just, there's a, there needs to be more courage in this world right now. And you are a shining example of that on so many levels and so I just want to amplify that. I want people to know that that you're out there and there are others like you and 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 so they, people can wear the Unitas and they'll be showing off that they are standing with Jonathan Isaac um, yeah, can't it's, wait it's, to <laughs> can't wait to see it all flourish man congratulations um thank you so much for your time and we're gonna be watching the NBA season. you stay healthy.
1: Thank you so much Michelle. I appreciate
0: it all right. He is Jonathan Isaac. I'm Michelle Tafoya. As always, as I say every time, be brave like he was and is and do good like he's doing. Thanks for listening.